You're listening to Your Home Fitness Podcast brought to you by PowerBlock. Welcome back. Today, we are talking to celebrity superhero trainer, Don Saladino. Stick around for some amazing, amazing awesomeness. And now for the exciting conclusion. No. Oh, I loved Too it. Much? No, I love it. <laughs> okay. Um, I think you should use that. And now for an exciting conclusion to Don Saladino's superhero trainer. That was great. Yeah. That was more your superhero voice than the monster truck voice. It was kind of like the guy who announces the uh, the uh, the Saturday morning cartoons, you know, <gasps> the narrator in the background. Absolutely. Thing. Yeah. That, that was my inspiration right there. Okay. Yeah. Cartoons, comics, like yeah. superheroes, comics. Yeah. Su- yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Yeah. I'm in. Yes. Here's part two of Don Saladino trainer to celebrity superheroes let's do it um now you are the superhero trainer i've seen this in quotes quite a bit you are the superhero trainer what exactly is a superhero to you what does that word even mean to you don yeah, I think it's someone who can adapt, right? I, I think it's um, someone who has a level of resiliency. I think it's someone who has a level of energy, strength. Um, looking at those five components of fitness, and I always talk about them, you know, muscular strength, muscular endurance, cardiorespiratory endurance, mobility, which is the combination of flexibility and stability, and body composition. I think a superhero is someone that really holds all five of those traits, right? It's someone that can adapt. I mean, you know, it, it kind of, you know, it always started as a, kind of a corny term, right? Like, oh, you, you train superheroes. But it was interesting how I kind of fell into that market, right? I started working with Hugh Jackman um, at a time when our business was transitioning. Um, everyone knew I had this performance physique background. You know, golf fitness coaches are like, oh, Donnie doesn't do golf fitness. And then, you know, uh, physique people were like, oh no, Donnie does golf fitness. Everyone was kind of like, I, I lived in this middle ground, which I was cool with. Um, and the ultimate compliment was, you know, someone that turned to me, he's like, Donnie's the one who legitimized um, celebrity training. Because a lot of times when you say it, people would roll their eyes. But there's a lot of tremendous coaches out there, uh, you know, uh, Gunnar Peterson. Yep, we've had him on the podcast too. Who's a, who's, who's a friend who I, I got, um, you know, I recently, after 20 years connected with him where I was like, all right, now finally, Ben Bruno, another great guy. Yep. And, we've had him. Yeah, Sweet, man, keep great, it going. Great, great person. I could probably name another hundred of them, right? Uh, Jeff, awesome. Caval- Jeff Cavalier, great guy, Athlete X, who just had me on his uh, show with uh, with uh, Gunnar. So a lot of great people out there and, um you know, it, it, it's fun to see where the, uh, where the business is going. Absolutely. So within this superhero, you know, the celebrity trainer term, let's just go back to that. I've, I've gone through grocery store lines and seen the national Enquirer saying tricks of the celebrity trainers, right? Uh, could you, could you shine a little light on if there's any legitimacy or is that complete bullshit? Like there's no uh, secret. It, to the it, it, honestly, it's complete bullshit. It's okay, like, it. we're all, we're all made up of the same club and you know, and it, it's, Whatever. You know, every publication calls me and they're like, we want so-and-so's workout. I'm like, I understand why. I get it. It draws eyeballs to them, to the publication. But, you know, why don't we show everyone how they can create the best program for them? Right. It's, you know, um, they're just, I I mean, it's, it's a consistent question that comes in that you learn to play to and you learn to give them that. And, um, 
Yeah, but there's no, but there's no secrets. No on. tricks, no secrets, no tricks. I mean, anyone who says that there is, I mean, well, what is there? Like, you've got to deal with a, a, a crazy schedule. Okay. Like, you got to deal with someone who travels a lot. Okay. Like, you know, there's, you know, things that we just have to deal with with normal people that are, that aren't really so much different. So, yeah. Do I think that there's any tricks to the, to the trade? No, no, no more different than someone who just travels a lot and doesn't always have access to great equipment or great quality food. I mean, it's, it's, it's all the same stuff. What do you feel is the most valuable thing that you've learned in training people that are, have the schedules and the, the craziness? What do you think that you've learned that you've taken into your own life from that? I think you really understand that the template that you write is just a template. You, you, yeah, you have to allow them to understand that when, not if, when they have to deviate from that scheme of sets, reps, whatever is on paper that day, that it's not a failure, that it's part of the program. Where in the past, a lot of people get a little rigid. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you told me to do five by five today. Now, you know, I'm supposed to hit a 90% RM and you're telling me not to. And I'm like, dude, we'll get to that. Like, this is like the juice ain't worth the squeeze. Dave Harbour was a perfect example. You know, he's in Stranger Things now. And when Dave was going off to Bulgaria, like I said earlier, to, to, to film um, uh, Hellboy, when he pulled that 400 pounds off the ground, it came up so easy. Mm. And he dropped the weight and he was like, let's, let's hit it again. And I'm like, you're done. <laughs> and he's like, come on, man. What? He's like, what? I'm not going to re- repeat. I'm sure power block doesn't want those words. No, but- thank you. We appreciate that. He's getting all upset. I'm like, Dave, we're done. And he didn't understand why. And my whole reasoning for it was like, I wasn't trying to be boss. I wasn't trying to cut him off early. I knew he probably could have pulled 420, but at what cost? Why? <sighs> What's the point? We already proved that he went from being able to, his back was killing him to where he could pull a heavy amount of weight, probably at a 90% R, uh, 1RM easily. And um, God forbid something happens when we're getting in that 415, 420 range, and then he has to go to Bulgaria now for four months and shoot with a bad back. That's irresponsibility from a coach. So, you know, where most people are like, go, 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 push, 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 you know, training's a stress. You know, like everything that we do that we say is so good for us, it's still a stress. And if you keep putting stress on top of stress on top of stress, you're going to have a really bad outcome eventually. So like flexibility, you're saying be flexible with it. Just because I gave you five by five doesn't mean you have to do that necessarily. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at Yeah, you got to look at their lifestyle. You got to look at their schedule. What's going on? Like, you know, suddenly, you know, you're, um, you're working with someone and they have a relative or a parent gets sick and they're in the hospital for the next three days. Like- Guys, the program is going to change. Sure. Especially if you're like, no, I got to get in there. I got to move. I get it. But let's now, like, you're as a coach, your antenna needs to go up. And I think there's got to be some warning flags in your head saying, keep an eye on this. Watch well, how they're moving. Watch their focus. Yeah. Their your eye- intuition, you know, being in the moment instead of uh, whatever box or structure that you're trying to put them in, actually watching and being present to their energy as well That's as what it sounds like you're doing. Yes. And I agree with you. That's one thing I think young coaches, I know a lot of smart young coaches that buy the book, they're highly intelligent. They've taken a million courses and they can speak the language. I just think that's something that you gain more of in time. I just don't think that's something you can rush. Um, When I was 25 years old, I was training people in their fifties, right? Sixties. 
I'm a much better trainer now, but I'm also a much better coach. It's two different things. Sure. And how do you, how do you differentiate that if you wouldn't mind? I think tra- had that question before. Trainers are trainers are someone that understands the curriculum, right? And understands anatomy, kinesiology, I think understands the movements, the exercises. I think coaching is something where you're kind of connecting with this and with this. So I know people that are smart, you know, incredibly smart, but you wouldn't want to go have a beer with them, right? And I think right. you whether you're a drinker or not a drinker, it's just an expression that we use. It, it doesn't matter. I don't mean that. Right? Uh, you don't, don't want to hang out with them out of, out of the session. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to have, there was a great, uh, if you haven't watched this documentary uh, called Hired Gun, I'm, I'm big into music, I watch it. Uh, it. It might be, I think it's on Netflix, but it was about all the backup musicians and it talked about Cliff Burton and Metallica who died and Jason Newstead came in or it talked about Randy Rhodes of Ozzy Osbourne who died and uh, this guy, Brad, Brad Gillis came in. Or is it Giles? Whatever. Uh, but he, so it talks about these higher guns and they're interviewing Alice Cooper. And Alice is like, listen, there's a thousand musicians out there that can rip, right? He goes, but then you turn around and you say, all right, who's going to be fun to be on tour with? Who's going to get along with everyone? Who's got that cool factor? Who can I live with for two years? And then it narrows it down to like 10 people. Yeah, right. So like, it's, it was interesting to, to hear, you know, Alice Cooper talk about this, but I think the reality is, is that the, there are trainers, there are coaches. That's why I say they just need to work on other things besides their education. Like they got to take a public speaking course, like get on camera. Like one of the things I attribute my success to is um, a buddy of mine named Justin Tupper, who was the CEO of Revolution Golf. And in 2010, I became their head golf fitness instructor and spent hours and hours and hours on camera with, with a group of people standing behind you like this. It's nerve wracking in the beginning. And after a while, you just having a conversation with the camera, there's certain things that you just need experience with and that you learn um, over, you know, over time. Well, and also the service. And like you said, the catering like yeah. that, that actually helped you as well, but you don't yeah. learn that unless you are willing to be open to serving instead of the yeah. transactional, which I absolutely love that you said that. It's humility too. It's, it's, it's humility. Like you're, when you're working in a big box gym and you're 21 years old and you're cleaning up weights, like, are you, um, have you, have you spoke to Mark Mania? No. You're going to give us some contact info? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Mark's, Mark's an interesting guy. He opened anatomy, the anatomy clubs in Miami, ex-professional football player. And we okay. spoke at our buddy, Luca Hosever, another trainer you should um, interview. Luca's located out in, um, um, okay, I think it's Seattle or um, okay. Portland or, or that area over there. Luca's great. But um, I, uh, Mark gave a great story and he said, when he started working at a big box gym, he's in there one day and there's no one um, on the floor and he sees a piece of trash by the equipment. The whole gym spotless is one piece of trash. And he walks all the way over, grabs a piece of trash and he throws it in the garbage. And out of nowhere, someone's on the step now. They go, hey, 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 come here, come here. So Mark goes over and goes, yes, what are you doing? And Mark goes, well, I'm cleaning up this piece of trash. And the guy goes, Why? And Mark said, well, because I feel, uh, I feel obligated one. I feel the sense of pride that I want my club and the place I'm working in. And he was a purple shirt. I think it was like Equinox or something. He's, okay. he's a new trainer cleaning up weights, right? He doesn't own the club. He has no reason to do that. Well, fast forward, I think five years. And that guy on the step mill became Mark's head investor. 
and invested in Mark and opening, which is now going to be, I think, a dozen clubs. And the point of that, the, the moral of that story is, is that people, they want that instant gratification. You know, they, they want to be that internet star. They want to turn around and they want to be making millions of dollars a year, which is great. Trust me. It's, 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 it's a lot of fun and it's fantastic, but it took me over 20 years to get there. It took me over 20 years of sticking my hand in the clogged toilets to pull toilet mm-hmm. paper out, which people just won't do. When, when it's flooding. And you know, it took years of me cleaning up weights or the manager of my club gets sick and I'm closing the club up at you know 10 p.m. when my family's at home in Long Island. I got to be back in the next morning at, at 5.30 in the morning. There's things that people don't want to do. And every successful coach, when you talk to Gunner or you talk to Jeff, every time he went to hit that grand slam home run, almost failed almost nine out of 10 times. And it was the little things. It was those little sacrifice bunts. It was those little singles that you're hitting uh, that allowed you to build up this, this resume and, and get to where all these people, you know, all my colleagues are today, yeah. but you're not gonna, you're not gonna rush through that. You're, you're, you're not gonna fake that. You've gotta be, I still tell coaches, go work at a big box gym, go train people for a year, go mm-hmm. clean up weights. I still tell them it's an aspect of their business they'll never respect, they'll never understand the cleaning staff or their front desk. They'll never understand what they went through. They'll never be able to truly relate to them unless they wore that hat at one point. Well, and don't miss out on those foundational building blocks is right. what I'm hearing. That's the humility, the, the compassion or the empathy for the people cleaning the toilets. Have to do. And also that picking up the garbage sounds like, you know, it really matters what you do when people aren't watching or when you don't think people are watching necessarily. It's the yeah. small things, the details. Now, I want to know if I'm uh, if I'm listening right now, if I'm listening to this rad podcast and I'm like, hey, Don, I've reached a plateau and it pisses me off. What would be probably the most convenient or easy thing to get results in um, in a quicker time? Is it like bust up the cows? Is it a crank out cardio? Is it lift heavy stuff? What would you go to first? I, you know, I don't know because I would have to, I'm sorry to give you this answer. I would have no, to see well, what's, what's plateauing. Is it what's allowing you to feel like you're plateauing? Is it body composition change? Is it weight loss, which I think are two different things. Is it your strength? Is it your endurance? Um, you know, there's so many factors there. There's so many tools we can pull out of the toolbox. Like someone could be just, oh, I'm eating well and I've been training well and I'm hitting a plateau. It could be something digestive, digestion related or sleep related or something that you could suddenly begin to tweak these areas and then out of nowhere, they're past that plateau. It could just be boredom from their program, right? Maybe they're, maybe they overstayed their welcome to my, I tell people like when I change up programs, if someone gets hurt, um, if they get completely bored of the program or if it stops working, can I do this program again? I'm like, how's the program working for you? Like, I'm getting stronger every day. I absolutely love it. Like, it's fantastic. I'm like, well, why are you going to stop? Like, go back to week one, redo it again. Like, okay. you don't have to constantly be buying programs from me. Like, it's not, I'm not going to give someone an answer like that. It's not, it's not the right answer. Um, and it's interesting because every, we can bring 10 per- people into the room and they're all going to have a different outcome, right? Like, and that's, that's what's special about, fitness and wellness. And that's why it's this constant, um, it's this puzzle. It's this constant puzzle that's evolving. It's just, it's always changing. And you guys know, like what worked for you five years ago, you might be trying now and going, oh, that's interesting. It's not really working the way it used to, or, or maybe I'm just, I don't like doing this anymore. It's just, we change as people. And um, that's, what's interesting about fitness. It's always changing and always evolving, but there are so many questions I would have to ask the person, um, to do that type of deep dive and really understand what, what needs to be adjusted. And really to, to ask yourself as, as a person, what is the plateau 
feeling? Like you said, is it boredom? Is it that, you know, you're just not feeling excited about it? Digging deeper into yourself first before going to a professional or buying another program, like you said, maybe just do the one that felt good before. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's funny how throughout the year, my training's always kind of evolving. It's always in ebbs and flows, right? Like there's times of the year that you might be a little heavier. Like I just did that. Um, um, I just swam for the GI Go Fund. I, I do a bunch of open water swimming and we had to swim from Jersey past the Statue of Liberty. Is that Doncon? I heard about no, no, no. Don Con was in, I rented an island in Mexico. That was really cool. That was, um, I hosted 70 people in Mexico. I rented an island off of Puerto Vallarta and we flew in 70 people and I had yoga and, and farm to table food. And um, I brought a nutritionist in and um, taught two classes in the morning for 70 people, 35 and 35. And then in the afternoon, we had like zip lining, and horseback riding, and snorkeling. And it was, it was crazy. So it was such a success that we actually booked back-to-back weeks next year. And we're almost actually sold out already. Did, did you get that email, Dan? I didn't get that no, email. Oh, man. Hey. We may have to bring Power Block down. It's I'm saying. Oh, my God. Let's talk about it. Actually, you guys would be ideal to have in there. Maybe we'll bring in a couple of Power Blocks for the classes. That could be great. Yeah. It could be great. But – um. Yeah, that was something different. The GI Go Fund was to support the um, the veteran, uh, um, our, our veterans in the military, and finding them placement when they leave the military. So we did this three point one mile swim um, through the Hudson, which was awesome. But training changes. You know, you back off a day of lifting. I'm in the water three days a week, and you know, and you're feeling great and out of nowhere. And then that ends and you're like, all right, we're evolving now into something else. And I, that's also kind of what superhero training is, right? It's not one dimensional. It's not where you're going in and powerlifting, even though that's part of it all. You're not powerlifting for, you know, all year long where there's this wear and tear. I really feel like that you're adapting to a new uh, stress and you're committing to it. Like it's the be all end all for whatever that amount of time is. And you're almost transitioning to something else. So you're getting really good at everything, right? Like maybe not world-class in one thing, but you're getting really good at everything. That's superhero training to me. Well, and it sounds like you have op- opportunities for people to do superhero training or a lot of different options for your challenges, your at-home programs. You know, we, as your at-home fitness podcast, yeah. you are providing a way to use power blocks at home. Yeah. With, with all of that stuff. So I actually kind of want to touch on what are the challenges? What are the programs and what do you offer? Oh, awesome. Benefit. Thank you. So every month I launch a challenge. It's normally a, it's a theme challenge. Um, and, you know, we can have anywhere, from, you know, 800, a thousand people enter the challenge. And what's pretty cool about it is I deliver to every single person signing up a four week program with video to every exercise um, I offer, you know, bonus workouts like abs, mobility, my full 22 page nutrition guide, which half of its recipes, um, they get a weekly zoom call with me for two hours where I bring on guests. So I bring on nutritionists, breathing experts, functional medicine, doctors, um, Navy seals, like whoever it is, I bring people on to, you know, help educate them and answer questions. And every morning they're getting a, a video, um, a group video on a private Facebook group where I'm answering every question asked by every single person. So if I get 200 questions that come in, I'm answering 200 questions on comments, either on the comment section or on the video section. And they can re, you know, they can request it, right? So you would be turning around and say, Hey, Don, I got a question about metabolic flexibility comments, please answer in comments and I'll answer it in the comment, or it might say video and I'll, I'll answer it in the video. So every morning, five days a week, um, during the week, you know, they, they get that video and then we close out the challenge with it, with a deck of pain challenge. I then, you know, pick a winner, um, whoever I thought has had the most progress over 
it's never really that month, but who's ever made the biggest dent to the community and mm-hmm. to their own health and wellness. And um, it's been a massive success. I mean, we were last year, I think we were, um, as of April this year, we had about 6,000 challengers. It's looking like we're going to hit about 9,000 different challengers by um, uh, this coming April. So Bye. yeah, That's it's incredible. It's cool. We're changing lives, which is fun. I have assembled the team here now, bringing the team back in from Drive, Maya Club. And um, they're here and they're helping with social media and scheduling and things like DonCon and partnerships and um, it's great to be able, like the celebrity angle was fantastic. I'm with Blake Lively this week. She's like a sister to me. I'll never leave Blake. I'll never leave Ryan, Sebastian Stan, Andy Hathaway, people I, I love. Um, but there's others I'm friends with that I don't train anymore. John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, love these two. They're, they're fantastic people, right? And um, we stay in touch. But um, you know, John sent me a message the other day and he was like, I can't believe what you created with all this. And it made me feel good, right? But um, to be able to now work with thousands of people at people and see the daily testimonials come in people who've weighed, you know, I've had a woman that weighed close to 900 pounds. That's about to crack. You know, she's in the, probably the, the high three hundreds. Now we still have work to do, but to see that type of progress or, um, you know, to see every month challengers coming in who are like, oh, you know, we're, I'm down a hundred pounds. They call it their Donniversary. Once you get your one year anniversary. Donniversary. So it's cute to see how they created, like, I didn't create Don Con. One of my challengers, Brian Habinka was like, you should host a retreat and call it Don Con. And we're like, because it's, it's all derived now. Like, think about it. you were golf, fitness, superheroes. And next, thing you know, I'm giving a talk at Comic-Con for 8,000 people. And, um, I'm realizing we're looking at our market. We're like, oh my God, like we have a lot of comic book lovers here. Like there's a lot of people who kind of come in and like, you know what? I've, I've struggled to be able to do this and I've, and I've struggled and I need help. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Cause I struggled when I was a kid, right? That was really, when you asked me, how did I get started? It was the hearing problems with the stuttering problem. It was this thing that allowed me to establish this chip on my shoulder that, oh my God, I would never have changed that. Like that was the, probably the best thing that happened to me at childhood because it put me on this path now. So that's also, also why I feel like I'm really patient and emotionally connected to a lot of these people is because most of us do struggle, right? And most of us, you know, maybe didn't feel like we fit in or, um, and I think there's, um, it's fun to take someone like that that walked into the gym one day and they had their head down, they're feeling insecure. The next thing you know, you see that person wearing a tank top and they're and they're getting their work out and they're walking around their chest up and and to see someone evolve their life like that to me is like there's no bigger re- reward. So I focus on that, and then yes, I'm able to make a living off of it, which isn't bad either. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost like you're watching them change their energy, their frequency, the way that they show up in the world with much more confidence, and you're creating that space for them. So cheers on you, man. That's amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Yes. How do I find you, P.S.? Oh, God. Um, so I, I guess donsaladino.com or my Instagram's Don Saladino. I mean, I have everything from Twitter to TikTok to Facebook, but just keep it simple. Don Saladino on my IG. Uh, if someone's interested in checking out the work I'm doing, go to donsaladino.com. My challenges, DonCon, all that stuff's up there. Uh, suggest we're going to get back to you at some point, but um, can't thank you guys enough for your support. For Absolutely. Having a lot of fun. Is there anything else you want to ask him, Dan, before I get to my last question? No, I, uh, you've covered everything that I was hoping we well, would. I try. Now you were talking about struggle. So I want to know when everyone has their own struggles, what is something that you foundationally hope that everyone remembers or what is something that you want to teach or leave people with when it comes to their struggle 
or building the foundation for the next part of their journey? It's tough with struggle, right? Because at what level are you, are you struggling, right? Like if it's, um, you know, I, I never want to turn around and tell someone that their problems aren't big problems. But mm-hmm. when I, you know, you turn around and you see parents that, you know, when I go to the Ronald McDonald house and you see two parents sitting there with their, you know, four-year-old that's, you know, fighting for their life with cancer, that's a struggle. So turning to that person and saying, oh, it's going to be okay. Like, no, this is my baby. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a parent of two. I've got a 15 and it's going to be 14 year old and take my legs. Don't do anything to my kids, you know? Um, so I, I think it's all at a different level, but I, I think for putting that aside, because yeah. I think that's, it's tough to give advice to someone going through someone that's sick or someone that's died. And these are terrible things that's happened to me, losing loved ones. Awful, awful, awful. But um, I, I think sometimes we take issues and I do it, and I'm sure you guys might do it at occasions that, you know, someone that cuts you off on the road, right? Or is there someone that, you know, gets into an argument with you at a grocery store or, you know, someone steals an idea or, or something. Do you think bad that, that that's bad that happens to you? So I just tell them like 50 years from now, ain't going to matter for any of us, right? <laughs> it's like, it's done. Like, like it, it's, I don't mean to sound dark here, but um, like gloomy, I mean it, but I, I think it's, you know, a lot of times I think we got to take a deep breath and just say, you know what? There's people going through a lot worse right now. And, you know, I, I've learned to do that. And, I think when someone's struggling with their weight or someone's struggling with their fitness, which becomes very tough because if their mindset's in a bad place or if their body's in a bad place, and this is going to trickle to so many different things, I always say, clean your side of the street. If you're out of shape or you have a, you know, a level of body fat that you put on, you feel terrible about yourself. You got to clean your side of the street first so you can give to the people in your life that you love or your employees, but uh, take a different approach, right? Like if you're going into that new year's resolution every year and you're saying to yourself, Oh, I'm going to get back on the same thing I've been trying to do for the last 10 years, but it hasn't worked for me. Well, I know that's like, you, you got to take a different approach and, and you, and you stop trying to be so perfect out of the gate, you know, just try and show this level of improvement. That's where I start people. If you're someone that 365 days last year, you had a cheat meal. I'm not trying to get you to zero. I'm trying to cut that in half. Well, let's go every other day. And it's suddenly like, oh, really? Is that enough? I'm like, it doesn't, we don't know if it's enough or not. Because you might turn around and have a cheat every other day, one time, and you might lose 15 pounds, which is the goal. And your blood markers might improve. Your hormone markers might improve. And all this good stuff might happen. So why don't we just try a minimalistic approach, try and build some confidence and consistency. And then, you know, and I'll end you guys on one quick, one, one fast story. Buddy of mine came to me in my office when I had my club open and he's like, listen, almost 50 years old. Can you take a look at me? He takes his shirt off and he goes, I want to see my top two abs. And I'm like, I started laughing. I've told the story a lot, but I want you guys to hear it. And um, I started laughing. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I've never heard anyone in my 20 plus years. I've never heard anyone say top two abs. He goes, well, I don't want to eat like you. And I'm not willing to do that, but I would like to just start seeing that definition come in. And I said, great, but let's look at your nutrition. And we sat him down and we mapped everything out. I basically cut everything in half. And he kind of looked at me almost and he's like, that's it? I'm like, yeah, we're just cutting everything in half. We're cutting the alcohol in half, which wasn't much to begin with. We're cutting the desserts in half. And I was like, and I want to see in about three, four weeks. So he came back in in about three, four weeks and he took his shirt off. He was like, I don't believe it. He's like, holy shit. And I looked at him and I was like, holy shit. Like, I didn't expect to nail it. I know I honestly didn't expect to nail it like that. It was 
you, you know, you've always got to make adjustments, but we nailed it. And then he turned to me and he's like, well, what's next? And I just smiled at him because I was like, yeah, I got you now. Like you're done. Like it's all right, well, let's, let's try this, this, and that. And now we've got him on this completely different trajectory. Inflammation's down his body. Back pain is gone. Body composition probably looks the best it's looked in 20 years. And he's not depriving himself of things that he enjoys, right? So I enjoy, you know, eating the way I eat, being in the shape that I eat, uh, that I'm in. So it's not like, well, live a little. I am living. This is what I want to do. But, right. to each own. but once you start seeing that level of consistency, once you see that level of improvement, this becomes very easy. Yeah. Well, congratulations on all of the things you're doing. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being here with us, Don. You can find Don, donsaladino.com, at Don Saladino on all social media outlets, it sounds like. Uh, check out his challenges, check out his programs, and we'll be looking for our invite to DonCon because uh, we'll bring all the power blocks, dig it? Let's keep in touch. Awesome. I'm Don't in. Mind. I might be there. I'll Thank you, you so that. much, Don. We appreciate your time. Well, that was Don Saladino. Bun. Yes. What an entertaining, genuine human being. I loved listening to that guy. Well, and he obviously, like he said, he came from a little bit of adversity with his stutter, with yeah. hearing problems, things like that. The fact that he is doing the speaking and teaching from that place of humbleness yeah. and compassion and serving. I I love the fact that he brought customer service into the whole fact of it. I think there's a lot of people who think about wanting to work with a personal trainer. And I think there's a lot of people that are hesitant because of the personality they assume Bingo. personal trainers yes. present that they're a little bit older themselves. You. They're a little bit judgy. They're harsh. They're a little bit too big for their britches, Ooh. you know? And I think, you know, having him express the fact that a good personal trainer approaches it from a level of service, understanding that you are in a service industry, yes, that you are there to help people. That you are catering to their needs. Exactly. And that's exactly. what I liked how we differentiated between trainer and coach. Yeah. We've had that question a lot throughout mm -hmm. these podcast episodes. And I really like how he nailed it. You know, the, the coach yeah. creates space for you to learn. Yeah. Whereas the trainer tells you what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But, yeah. but that coach coming from that place of catering to the specific individual needs, like with celebrities, I mean, like he was saying, the stress level of a celebrity is probably astronomical to most human beings in the world. Right. Due to their schedules, due to their everything. Yeah. Um, and then the time constraints as well. Yeah. The fact that he was talking about, we have goals on time constraints. So yeah. the, the way that he trains normal people, performers and athletes completely yeah. differently, that just shows that he's serving and catering to their individual needs. Exactly. Yeah. So nice job, Don. Yeah. I'm going to DonCon next year. Yeah. Sign me up, man. <laughs> Dig it. So that's, that's pretty much our superhero September. Yeah. We've been doing superhero. You know, what does it mean to be a superhero? And I loved how he brought up the ability to do it all. Yeah. The, the way to kind of flow with it yeah. and not let the struggle put you down. Right. And rather, you know, just be able to be flexible because flexibility doesn't equal failure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm really glad that he pointed that out too, especially, you know, in terms of talking to celebrities, because again, I'm going to go back to our perceptions. Yes. A lot of times we look at celebrities with, you know, the fact that they're living in an ivory tower, that they've got everything. They got the chef. They, they got, got the, the jet. private jets. Yep, they that's got what the saying. personal jets. Again, no, that's not the way it really is. And these you're, you're talking about with people that have ridiculously impossible schedules to maintain that I couldn't even imagine trying to keep up with. And on top of that, now they're trying to get their body into tip top shape for another role that they've got into. And then 
destroy it as soon as they're done with that for their next role. And that's the thing too. Like I was going to ask him, how do, how do you not take that personally when you've been training Joaquin Phoenix yeah. forever? How long? And he's like, all right, done now. Yeah. Now I've got to gain 60 pounds. Yeah. Like, how do you not? Damn it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. No kidding. But that just goes to show he doesn't take it personally because he knows that it is for a specific role, right. a specific purpose. Yep. And it, I, I feel that it would take a very specific person yeah. to be okay with training that. Yeah. Uh, so cheers to Don. That was a rad interview and I'm really, really grateful we got him. I really am too. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to throw down before we say, see you later? I don't have anything additional to add to that. We've already hit all the gold. Don't tarnish it. Don't tarnish it. Thank you for supporting, subscribing, being a part of this power block squad, your home fitness podcast. You can find it on all of the outlets where you get your podcast awesomeness. Let us know what you feel about this with a review. Five stars would be rad, but please review us authentically. We need to know your feedback so we can get better at our job. Dan? Absolutely. If you have any questions, don't feel, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can reach us at podcast at powerblock.com or give us your life-changing story at my story at powerblock.com. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time. Toodles. Yes.